Mac Geek Gab, episode 918 for Tuesday, peak performance day, March 8th, 2022. <laughs> Greetings, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you usually send in your questions, your tips, your cool stuff found, and we usually answer your questions and share your tips and cool stuff found. Today, a special second episode for the week. We are going to do something a little different because it is uh, the day after which, or the the hour after which we finished watching Apple's peak performance event. We have some thoughts and context and things to share. And so that is what we will do today. We do have a sponsor for this episode that is iMazing. We're code MGG30 at iMazing.com. We'll save you 30% through the end of the month. We'll talk more in depth about why you're going to want to do that a little bit later here on the show. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun. And... Here in Lee, New Hampshire, Pilot Pete. Thanks for having me, gents. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we're all able to be here for this. This is yeah. uh, it's a good little conversation for us to have. So, um, the uh, Apple had their peak performance event, which you know, with uh, P E E K performance. Uh, I-, I suppose that's because we get performance and a display from them that we can peak at. Although at a 27 inch display, hopefully you're close enough. Yeah, to I'm not still have scratching to my head over that. I think it's, I think it's the display. I mean, I, I think okay. that's, I think that's it, right? What else are you going to be peeking at? Right. Mm-hmm. So unless it's the whole Double MK ultra tall. thing, but we'll talk about that later. That's different. The CIA said so we're not supposed tall. to, what's that Pete? Sorry. Double on Tom. It's a double. Yes, for sure. Yeah, of course. It's double on Tom. Yes. Yes. They're good at that. It's like the, the French. It's, it's like they have a different right. word for everything. That's right. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Chapeau. <laughs> <laughs> <His> hat. Uh, <laughs> so what was the most, compelling or newest thing gentlemen i i'm i'm all for the the mac studio i mean i think that's the that's yes. the big news of the day and i i'm 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 eager like so i have lots of thoughts about it's this left you speechless clearly it has so <laughs> let's look at it for what it is on its own right you, you know it it's the it's the there's lots of things it, it has been called. It is about the um, uh, footprint of a Mac Mini and uh, two, maybe three of them stacked on top of each other. I don't I don't have one to compare. That but. was my initial thought when I saw it. And yeah. I've already seen some people call it chunky um, Mac Mini. Uh, yeah, it was like they put like two on top of each other. And it's like, why is it so huge? Yeah, my wife called it the Mac medium. So <laughs> which I liked. <laughs> Um, and and it's shorter than the Mac pro, right? Isn't that about the same footprint as the Mac pro now? The new one? Yeah. The the new one five years ago. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's another interesting thing to talk about is that yes, the Mac pro. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's an, it's an interesting thing and they've created a device with lots of expandability, right? On the, on the back of it, it's got four Thunderbolt four ports. 10 gig Ethernet, two USB-A ports, HDMI, pro audio uh, headphone output, and then inside it's got Wi-Fi 6 and Bluetooth 5. On the front of it, it has two ports with a USB-C shape and an SDXC slot. Uh, Depending on the processor that you get, and we'll talk about the processors in a little bit here, you either get two 10 gig USB-C ports or two... 40 gig Thunderbolt four ports on the front of it. Again, it depends mm-hmm. on which uh, processor you use. And, and we'll talk about that um, in a little bit. I mean, Apple sort of I mean, released the a new processor. Uh, we're, are mostly equivalent to even the Mac mini that I have. There's a few more, which is sure. great because, you know, having more ports is great. And of course, the, uh, as you pointed out, the, the Wi-Fi six and the, uh, and the new Bluetooth. So they upgraded the wireless capabilities, which is, uh, which is great. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I, I like this for what it is. Um, it can go up to, again, depending on the, the CPU, either 64 
or 128 gigs of RAM. Yes, I noted that 128 gigs. Yeah. So they're acknowledging that there are people out there that, for whatever reason, need more than Apple has offered in their past machines. So that, well, I mean, that I, you can eye. you can get 64 gigs in a in an M1 Max Mac MacBook Pro, right? I, I mean, I think it's the same chip, so I would I would assume that my memory's correct on that. Someone in the chat room at live.macgeekab.com will will correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Yeah, and what else? Up to a eight terabyte SSD, though I think you can get that if if you have the cash. Yeah. You can currently get that in most Macs. It's seven gigabytes seven point one gigabytes per second. Holy yeah. Smokes. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it like so this is an interesting machine. But where it got really interesting for me is uh, what they were comparing it to. And the M1, so there's two processors in this thing. The M1 Max version of it, which is, we'll call the baseline, which is is an interesting place to start, uh, is, they were saying, is 3.4 times faster than the fastest 27-inch iMac. And that sort of made me a little sad, because what they were telegraphing is this is the replacement for the 27 inch iMac that is not coming right there. There is no 27 inch iMac coming. Uh, the M the M one ultra chip, which uh, we'll, we'll sort of get into they compared. So maybe there's hope for the iMac because they compared the M one ultra chip and saying it was 80% faster than the fastest Mac pro. But then at the end of the event, they uh, and I want to get the quote right. They said Mac Pro is for another day. So there is a Mac Pro coming for sure. Or at least that's the plan. I mean, you know, Apple can change their plans. But I think the I think the the Mac. uh, Sorry, the the, uh, 27 inch iMac. This is the replacement for it. Which, which is kind of a shame. They were talking about, you know, how it doesn't take up much space and yada, yada, yada. Well, my iMac, if I have a 27-inch iMac in my studio, which it turns out I do, and if I want to replace it with an M1-based machine, which also it turns out I do, I now need to add this, this Mac Mini-sized thing to, to my desktop in my studio, which I do not have to add because I have an iMac in front of me. So that made me a little sad. Um but you know that's how these things go. It's it's life. Yeah, yeah. There's one thing that made me sad, Dave. What's that? Um, thirty nine ninety nine. That's a bit rich for my. That blood. downright depresses me. <laughs> well, I'm just sad. Yeah, but but yeah. you're comparing. I mean, you're comparing the Mac, the the M1 Ultra price, right? Like the, um. I'm looking through my notes here, but I, the, well, let me look at my actual notes. Cause that's, what's going to get me the thing. It was 1999 so for the Mac. Yeah. It's 19 for the ultra. 30. I thought it was 34 99 for the ultra. Uh, I wrote 39 99. Yeah, okay. I could be incorrect. Uh, yeah. Let me 1599 for the display, which yeah. is another discussion in a minute. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, huh. Interesting. I, Dave, I, I got to say, I think I disagree on the on the 27-inch iMac only because this thing smokes the Pro. And if they're going to do another Pro, really? There's got to be something for the – this is a prosumer, actually more of a professional model, I think. I agree. But I think and the 24-inch iMac is, is Apple's is plan that, for the iMac. I think yeah, so. Maybe, I, maybe. I mean, what do I know? Like, I, I know – I've told you more than I know. Right. Well, right. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Well, think, we, wow. This is such a small. No, you're machine. right. You're right. Yeah. So I have my data wrong. So the M1 Max will start at 19.99 and the Ultra at 39.99. So you're actually right. 19.99 isn't unreasonable. No, it's it's not. It It's a I mean, it, it's certainly not cheap. It's the, the, my problem with it is that it is more Mac than I need in this studio. Agreed. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, like, let's face it. But so it, it, here's the problem. Arguably, so is an M1 Mac mini other than maybe, maybe the RAM. Right. I might want more than the 16 gigs of RAM I can get in an M1 mini. And so the only way to get a desktop machine with more than 16 gigs of RAM 
today or Friday arriving on the 18th, right? You can order Friday, arrives on the 18th, begins arriving on the 18th. Uh, the only way to do that is to to buy one of these uh, these new uh, Mac studios. So it, like it, you're right, Pete, it does leave. There's a middle ground because I want an M1 based Mac, essentially an M1 based Mac mini that has more than 16 gigs of Ram and a 27 inch Apple, you know, 27 inch 5k display. And I, like there, there is no way to do that right now. And, but the thing is, would a, would a regular, M1 mini with 16 gigs of RAM be enough for someone like me in the studio? And the answer is, you know what? Probs. Yeah. Probs. Well, that's what I'm running though. I'm on Intel. You, yeah. You're not. A, no, I was just going to say that's not even close yeah. to what you're running. Right. Like, yeah. 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 Cause I mean, I look, I, the machine I have in the studio here is, uh, it, it's the 27 inch 2019 eight core I nine, uh, you know, iMac, and even with Turbo Boost Switcher Pro enabled to disable Turbo Boost, you know, I'm running at 22% of my CPU right now while we're doing the show with video and I'm recording audio. At least I hope I am and, you know, all that good stuff. So, like, it's fine. It doesn't max out. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm overthinking this. Hey, we've met, right? So, yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. I don't know. I, but I, I like, I like this. But I'm not sure I I'd like Jones in front of the machine. I just couldn't justify it. <laughs> right. I, right. Yes. I'm, you can hear like I'm super torn on this. And this is why we do these episodes right away afterwards, because it's it's it, it, certainly for me. And I think for all three of us, it's it's part of how we process, you know. Well, you know, I mean, Dave, I was impressed many years ago. Um, I was invited by one of the listeners uh, when I happened to be on an L.A. layover to go out and tour the studios. And um, uh, it, and he, as we got some of the backstage access, I watched them editing television shows for network broadcast on a Mac Pro. I'm like, you know, that's that's their machine, their go-to machine. And this thing now smokes that. It's like, oh my gosh. The, yeah. But the but, but I understand why they call it studio. So I don't know if we mentioned this, but the thing is this thing can support not one, not two, not three, but four external displays, which I don't think any other Mac can currently uh -huh. do. I thought it was So three. it's really meant for it's really meant for people that are doing as they showed in the videos, like, you know, video work and, you know, high yeah, high bandwidth type of work uh, as dave said I, I don't think it's meant for you know like a podcast rig you know it's it's way overkill for something like that right no it's not i gotta have one <laughs> yeah well and but i do more than that here right i mean I, not only do we do a video podcast where i do some video editing i you know for those of you that don't know we do pre-record all of our ads and i put video into those now i mean it's a very compared to what 99% of people who say they do video editing do what I do is very simple, but you know, it's nice to have speed and all of that to do it. I also run real time uh, recordings here, multi-track stuff. And that absolutely uses, you know, CPU and all the, the IO bandwidth, right. To, to be able to keep up with all of that. So, I mean, there is. I, do I need four monitors in here? No, I need two. Right, uh, and and that's more than enough. Or that is enough. I don't want to say it's more than enough for me. Um, but like, like there there is a middle ground that arguably isn't being served, and 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 we are arguing over whether it will be served. We don't know, you know. But yeah, yeah. It is a sweet little machine, though. I like. I, I like where Apple's going with this. It. 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 You know, the modularity of it. I. I get it. They want to give people flexibility, like you said, John. Right. You can have four. Uh, you know, of these stu uh, studio displays, which we'll talk about in a minute, plus a 4K display connected to the Mac Studio. That's amazing. But you don't have to. You're not forced to, to buy any of those. Right. You can connect this thing to whatever you want. And and so it gives you that flexibility, which is kind of nice. Um, it you know, it just it just means if you're replacing that 27 inch iMac, you now have to buy a display like so. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Are you uh, 
So I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I will I will ask my question, but I will answer it first. I, I think I'm about 50-50 on whether I'm going to pick one of these things up. I probably will wait until they go on refurb to make my final decision. And, and we'll see how it goes from there. How about, how about you, John or Pete? John. Um, personally, <clears throat> excuse me. I think my next machine for the pod podcast rig is going to be an M one Mac mini. Okay. Okay. Cause right now I have the Intel one. I mean, it, it performs well. I'm looking right now. I'm at 13% uh, CPU, yeah. 20% GPU. So this machine, even though it's a 2018 with, you know, plenty of uh, SSD and RAM, um, does what I need it to do. And I do it for gaming sometimes, too, and, and it performs well enough sure. for the gaming that I do. So, you know, I mean, the thing is, do I need it? No. Do I want it? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to dust the settle because, you know, M1, there's still some weirdness. Not really. Here. Not Not most of that dust has settled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you, Pete? Yeah. Well, I, a little history. I I had the 2019 16 inch MacBook Pro. Okay. And then I saw the performance of the M1 MacBook Pro and I went down to the, actually down to the 13 inch and I never thought I'd go that small with a a portable again. My current needs are now that I, I really can't justify this studio machine. I would love to have one. Can't justify it, but I I could be retiring in the next three to five years. I guarantee something along those lines is going to be Pete's retirement present to himself. That that's a machine. Yep. That, you know, when when you're uh, on the road less, I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, Oh, the video processing, that sort of thing, because I, uh, I shoot a lot of uh, 4k and 5k video with the drone and, what a pleasure it would be to crunch all that down with with a machine like that. Totally. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. Totally. No. That yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 All right. So let's talk about the M1 Ultra, the the chip that is in the higher end of of these of these two uh, options for the Mac Studio. And right now, the the high-end Mac Studio is the only Apple device where you can choose to get this M1 Ultra chip. Uh, you can choose the M1 Max for the, the low-end, <laughs> low-end with air quotes. <laughs> That's a low bar. Yeah. And then the M1 Ultra for the high-end. What's interesting, though, is it really, as Apple explained it to us, the M1 Ultra is really two M1 Max chips that are linked together via some high bandwidth bridge that they built into the M1 Max and didn't tell anybody about. Ultra uh, yeah, Fusion at that. two and a half terabytes per second. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you beat me to it, Pete, because I made, the, I made it know that I too. So yeah. they're like, normally wow. connecting processors can ruin your day if you don't do it right. But it sounds like they yeah. did it right and that it's, you know, very high bandwidth between the two of them. Yeah. So it's actually pretty clever. It's really clever. I, I I like it. Yeah, it's super smart. And and that's how we go up to that 128 gigs of RAM in this thing. Right. Right. Because we have uh, two M1 Max chips that both get to do their full thing. Uh, one thing I, I, I really liked about what Apple said with this is to software, it looks like one chip. Yeah. That right, like that's super smart of them to to do that because it allows all the apps that have already been written to just run on it, and Apple takes care of you know spreading it around on the on the various chips. So I, I, I like this. Yeah, and, and this yeah, keeps I, uh, is it Moore's law? Roughly every eighteen months, double is that the name of it? it that's true. We haven't talked about Moore's law in a long time. It was Gordon Moore, the the yeah. co founder of Intel. Mm. said that yeah every 18 months the processing power would would double that was true effectively ish up until we Early started 2000s. yeah well when we switched from just speeding up single core cpus and started going wide 
with multi-core CPUs, right? Like that, that was the change to that. It was like, yeah, we're not going to, because there was right. a massive heat problem. The, the faster you made it, right? Yeah. So, so it was way better, way more efficient to go wide with it. Um, of course, that, that was a big change from an arc, a software architecture standpoint, uh, where, because you weren't just writing for one chip anymore. You now did have to write in a multi-threaded way and, and all that. Right, John? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say Intel led the charge with the, the whole multi-core thing, which I'm, I'm sure, you know, they were working on in their labs for a while. But, yeah, as you pointed out, there were thermal and other challenges. But, yeah, um, depending on the type of programming that you do, yes, um, you may have to manage threads yourself. And that can get um, <laughs> complex. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I we mean, the OS can handle some of that work. But if you want to write a really efficient application, then you probably want to manage the threads and the processes with each core taking up uh, a thread. Again, there are some uh, tools and all that that do that for you. But if you want peak performance, nicely done, sir. Ka-ching, Mr. Braun. I got to say, actually, most of the stuff that I did was lower level embedded work. And multi-threading wasn't really a smart thing to do if you wanted to maintain control of the system and make it reliable. That, that makes sense. Yeah, for that kind of stuff, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it it you know it'll it'll the uh, the ultra will do up to 128 gigs of unified memory, which again, as we've talked about with other iterations of Apple Silicon M1, means that you get. Um, uh, you, you get you, you, the RAM is is shared. The memory is shared between the GPU and the and the CPU, so it doesn't have to shift data back and forth. It just like both chips can can take a look at the the memory as they choose, which mm. makes things way more efficient because you don't have to send stuff across the bus from the CPU to the GPU for the GPU to then process and then send back and that sort of thing. Um, but that you know, twenty cores on the CPU, sixteen. Uh, what they call power cores, right? And then high performance cores, sorry. And then four high efficiency cores that's on the ultra. So again, it's, you know, it's the 10 core CPU of the M one max doubled as my, as one might expect. So uh, and a 64 a core GPU, which is insane. Correct. Why would you need that much? Well, well some people do. <laughs> yeah. My question is to either of you and you, you may not have the answer then, but the, the lack of power that this thing uses. How are they doing that? <laughs> All right. Is it, is it uh, magic incantations? Is it, you know, what is it that they're doing? <laughs> it's um, engineering. It's all the MK yeah. ultra they took. Yeah, wait, yeah. no, 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 wait, that's yeah, not it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. But what, what engineering, I guess is what I'm asking. What, what if they changed with this M one coming off of the, of the Intel chips and going to this? I mean, it's, you know, a billion transistors here, a billion transistors there. Pretty soon you're talking about real computing power to uh, paraphrase Everett Dirksen. Uh, but, but uh, sorry, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> no, no. They, um, I, I mean, the engineering's you know, I, amazing. I think this was the intent of um, Intel's M1. Turbo Boost was: okay. if I don't need to consume power, I'm going to go into a low maintenance mode. But if I need the juice, then I'm going to ramp it up. And I think Apple pretty much. I, I won't. I won't. I, I say they were inspired by that. But um, well, they they had, they did it a different way, right? They 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 put literally, you know, these high efficiency cores versus the right. power cores, and and so like if you if you have an M1 Mac, you can watch, and it was way easier when I had that uh, M1 Pro uh, MacBook Pro, which I've since given to my son, so I'm back to an M1, which has an equal number of high efficient high efficiency and high performance cores. It has four of each. Whereas the M1 Pro, I had two of of one and eight of the other, or six of the other. I can't remember off the top of my head. Somebody in the chat room will correct me. Uh, but it was super easy with iStat menus when I only had two high efficiency cores to see which ones were being used for most operations. And most of the time, it was two cores that were being used. So for, you know, I would say 90% of what I did, I was just using the high efficiency cores. And then... You know, when I launched something that was that was going to take like for whatever reason, launching Pixelmator Pro, the launch of it 
chews up every bit of CPU power I could possibly have, which I suppose is good. You know, like it's going to do what it needs to do and get launched. I don't know what it's doing, but it, you know, there's a few seconds of just peak thing. And I would see the high performance cores, you know, light up and then, and then they, they too would slow down unless I did something, you know, like a machine learning uh, image resizing or whatever. And then everybody would light up again. Uh, but I think, I think Apple solved that problem a different way than Intel. Instead of using turbo boost, they were just like, well, we're just going to put different no, cores you're right. for different no, functions. I agree. They architected the chip to have these different sections that had explicit uses. And exactly. The OS kind of figures it out. It's like, Oh, well, I don't need to use the high performance. I'll use the, the windy one. Yeah. And and I and I, this was designed for iPhone at first, right? iPhone and iPad, uh, because you know, like battery life is paramount on on mobile devices. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, like like let's prioritize these high efficiency things as much as we can, and then only use the other ones to to preserve user experience, right? Like right. that, yeah. Because right. I mean, even my M1 MacBook Pro is the first. Truly living up to its battery life. It's like, oh my gosh, this thing goes all stinking day. It's yeah. not even close to being done. Yeah, it's crazy getting yeah. 15 yeah. plus hours out of a laptop. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Yeah. All right. We have the studio display, an iPhone, an iPad, maybe even some Apple TV stuff and some other things that we may have noticed during the event there but uh so we'll talk about those because i'm eager to talk about this studio display my my feelings on it in the last two hours have have run a complete 180 that i would call it even a 360 i don't know but uh we'll talk about that in a minute the next thing if it works for uh you mr braun is i would love to talk about our sponsor me too all right hey look you know i amazing one of our favorite apps here we talk about it all the time and that's because i amazing is the swiss army knife of ios device management this is a desktop app for mac os and windows which lets you take control of your ios data you can make time machine style wireless backups you can easily transfer documents media and content but also dig into things like system files you can access device and battery diagnostics we do that here on the show all the time and more all the data that iMazing looks at stays local on your computer or on the drive of your choice. And you do get to choose, which is also kind of amazing. And backups can be encrypted for maximum privacy. So, it, you know, some of the features that, that we love to, to use here, obviously, the first one, right, the one we, we just mentioned, which is backup your phone, your iPhone or iPad safely and wirelessly. And then you can dig into your backup history and really granularly kind of pull things out or do what you need to can also browse your photo library without syncing it. You can export multiple versions of each photo, ultra-wide, originals of edited items, videos of live photos, right? These are things that we all need to do. This takes over where Apple's tools sort of, you know, finish, if you will. You can save and export WhatsApp chats or iOS messages to PDF, Excel, or plain text. So you want to keep a backup of your things, you can do that that way. You can quickly drag and drop songs and movies from your iPhone to your computer and vice versa. No sync required. And you can download and install iOS apps managing your app library from your desktop. The folks at DigiDNA keep iMazing constantly updated. These folks are Apple fans who enjoy supporting the latest iOS and macOS features, and it's already fully compatible with iOS 15, iPadOS 15, of course, macOS Monterey. And recently, iMazing gained tools for professionals who manage fleets of iOS devices. iMazing Configurator enables powerful configuration and provisioning automation of devices in bulk. And iMazing CLI, you know what that means, allows full scripting of iMazing's powerful feature set from the command line. It's amazing, right? Yeah, here's the most amazing part. You get 30% off. It's true. Just for being a Mac Geek Gab listener, you get 30% off all iMazing personal licenses until the end of the month. But you got to use coupon code MGG30 because of your 30%, right? So MGG30, when you purchase a license from iMazing.com, go check it out. iMazing.com, MGG30 is your coupon code for 30% savings. And our thanks to iMazing for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's talk about this studio display. 
the uh, this is Apple's 27 inch 5K Retina display. So the same display that you would get in an iMac, effectively, right? A 27 inch iMac. The effectively the same display that you'd get from LG uh, with their 5K display. Plus, Apple added a bunch of uh, things to justify the fifteen, uh, the one thousand five hundred ninety nine dollar price tag uh, on this thing. Uh, the things they added: uh, a twelve megapixel camera that supports center stage, a uh, six speaker sound system that somehow supports spatial audio. So okay, mm-hmm. three USB C ports for device connectivity and a Thunderbolt port for upstream connectivity to your Mac. If you happen to connect it to a laptop, that Thunderbolt port also provides 96 watts of power for charging. So you get one cable to plug in to rule them all. I wish Steve Jobs could have lived to see the the, the USB-C world with power delivery because like he and, and the end and, and, and at his urging, the engineering teams at Apple worked super hard to create you know, the the whole fiasco that that they created with the whole Apple displays to have just the one power cable. And now it's just part and parcel of pretty much everything that exists. <laughs> so uh, he definitely saw things before the rest of us did. And and that was to me, that was one of them. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a sixteen hundred dollar, twenty seven inch display. It, it has an A13 chip in it. I'm I'm really not sure why we need a, a chip. Well, you know, because of $1,500, $1,600, maybe that would be the reason. I don't know. Well, it's maybe they were thinking the studio computer wouldn't be able to keep up. If uh, No, maybe that wouldn't. It. I, like, what is this chip doing? Well, well, they did mention that you can hook up to three of these to a MacBook Pro, which I don't think you can do with Apple's other displays. Is that well, right? First of all, Apple doesn't have other displays. And and second, well, they do. They have the Pro XDR display. I'm sorry. I, right, right. I, yes, I, I stand corrected. They don't have displays for most of us. Uh, they, but yeah, you can. the The MacBook Pro will support the, the all those displays for sure. Um, yeah. The so, other thing I noticed they mentioned is that uh, so the Thunderbolt port on it can provide 96 watts of power. Okay, that that's kind of fun if you want to use your monitor to charge your. <laughs> Your other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just not sure why it, why it needs this a 13 chip. I mean, maybe it's to process spatial audio. Uh, yeah. That, that'd be my guess. You know, maybe it's to run these microphones and do whatever the, the they'd say that there's a, what a four microphone array, I think, or it's a three or four microphone array that, uh, you know, just like we have in our, our MacBook airs and our MacBook pros, mm-hmm. it, like, at a zoomed out level, I'm not saying it's the exact same one, but it's the same concept where they're using multiple microphones to narrow down the sound and actually focus things. Essentially, you know, beam forming, if you will, to keep from getting echoes and, and that sort of thing. Right. So. I mean, the other thing I noticed is that uh, so they, they made sure to point out that there's a 12 megapixel ultra wide camera in this. And I've noticed that in several of the announcements, Apple seems to be gravitating towards making the front camera not lame. <laughs> oh, it's great. Well, I mean, that's the whole center stage thing, right? Is, is being yeah. able to use that for those of you that, that haven't used center stage. It, it's a pretty, uh, it's, it's a fantastic experiential thing when you're doing, you know, either zoom or FaceTime calls or whatever, where either you're moving around a little bit or you have multiple people uh, that that want to be seen by the camera. We do family zooms every week, and I I I have this Poly. I think it's the P15 from uh, from Poly.com, which is this bar. We've talked about it on the show before. That sits on top of the monitor. I actually have it over at the house, and it's got a camera and speakers and all that in it. But the camera supports. They don't call it center stage because, of course, that's Apple's terminology for it. But it's the same idea where it detects how many people are there. And it either zooms the camera in or out and pans it to keep all the people, however many there are, in frame. And it's fantastic. I can be sitting there talking to my family. Lisa sits down. The camera zooms out and pans. And now, you know, Lisa and I are are perfectly in the frame. 
center stage does the same thing. And now it's, you know, it's on the iPads and, and now it's on this screen. So, yeah, I guess that's part of the what it needs an A13 chip for, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I got a, oh, go ahead. no, go ahead, Pete. I was going to say, I, I, I've got a couple, uh, one's a feature that I think is really cool. Okay. And the other one, I'll be interested to see how good it is. Um, and and the, the, one of the features is the ability to rotate like an iPad, whether it's portrait or landscape. It does it they, do that? It, they, that's what they show. Oh, yeah, they oh I missed it. that. But the thing is, oh, Pete, yeah. uh, Mac OS has actually supported that for a while for most displays. Really? Okay. That's cool. Because I, I just thought, man, I if you're working with, uh, uh, you know, a portrait video mm-hmm. or a portrait picture and you're trying to edit it, how much more can you do if you rotate it into the portrait mode and start working with it that way? Yeah. I mean, I just, I looked at that. I went, that's cool. You aren't looking at a bunch of, of black bars on both sides of the screen. Um, you, you have full, full real estate to your, at your disposal. Yep. I thought that was neat. And then the other thing they're talking about is the anti-reflective glass on it. I'll be real interested to see, because that was the biggest drawback I had with my 27 inch iMac when I had that was the windows were behind me in my office and that just made it difficult to look at that thing for very long. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't the it wasn't the display's fault, but I mean the anti reflective no, glass. The environment. Well, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. by default it's got this anti reflective glass, and then they commented that they they offer a nano texture glass option to even further minimize glare. Yeah. So, so yeah, I gotta say, Pete, I'm totally opposite in that I never sure. liked matte displays because I wanted to get the full brightness and vibrancy of the display and i felt um correctly or not that that a matte display would wouldn't allow takes take some of that away yeah no i get that i just my my particular environment was the windows were behind me in my office and it just made it miserable to look at the screen for very long Mm -hmm. no i hear you i hear you but no i'm looking right here now so uh system preferences displays if you go in there there is for most monitors a rotation setting so uh if you need to rotate my impression was, and I could be wrong that all you had to do was rotate the display and it was like, well, no, I think that they made that. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it, that's the icing on cake is yeah. that the monitor knows, Hey, somebody rotated me. So I'm going to change it where otherwise, yeah, you have to manually set it. So it just knows it knows. Works. I can see for, <laughs> for programming, especially like that's the use case that comes to mind for me. Yeah. is you know having a, a the ability to see a, a tall oh, yeah. monitor with code you know would would be fantastic yeah 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 uh so at first you know when they started talking about all these features and especially when they said the a13 chip and you can watch the evolution of my thinking uh if you follow my tweet stream on you know dave hamilton on twitter you can see it was like okay what are they going to charge us for this thing right and then they came out with the price 15.99 that's a lot of money for a display. And then I started thinking about it. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is, as I said earlier, effectively the same glass as my 5K LG display that I have in the office that I happily paid uh, for a refurb version. I paid 900 and let's say 950 bucks. It was somewhere in that range, right? That the display normally sells for like 1150 or something like that. And so... That's a, we'll call it a dumb display, right? It doesn't have the, the, it has cameras, but not the smart cameras. It doesn't have the, the, you know, spatial audio. It doesn't have true tone in it. I don't think maybe it does. I don't even remember anymore. It doesn't have all the Thunderbolt ports. It has some, right? So it's like, okay, well, if we take this and back it out that way, well, now this display is a few hundred dollars more than LG's 5k display for someone Probably even someone like me where I'm going to use a different camera here in the studio. I'm, I, I, you know, speakers, I'm not going to use the speakers in a display. I've, I like, you know, I have, I have better speakers here. It's just not going to be how it is. So I would just buy one of the LG displays and save a few hundred bucks, but I'm only saving a few hundred bucks. Right. So I, I think this price is, is actually fair as crazy as that sounds to say, because, mm. well, because like a, where else are you going to get a 5K display, right? They, you, you buy the LG display or now you buy Apple's. That's it. And there is zero comparison between a 4K display, a 4K, you know, UHD display and Apple, you know, the LG or Apple's 5K display. 
you can get a decent looking 4K display at 27 inches, but it's not going to be this. Nowhere close. So, right. I would agree with you. So to me, the value add is number one, there's a decent camera. And number two, there's advanced audio features. And number three, there's all the ports and stuff. So that may convince someone that this is worth it. Though I think I'm with you is that, you know, I mean, the mono price screen that I got here is, you know, bigger. And I think it's like 300 bucks or something like that. Um, Yeah, but that's a 4K screen, not a 5K. Very, very, very different. Right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, even if you take a like a uh, a high quality I would call the mono price a low. I have one right next to me. Don't, you know, don't take any offense at this, but I would call that a low quality and low priced, um, 27 inch, you know, 4k screen and it's fine. It works fine, but you know, you want to get, you compare that to like a, you know, a $500, uh, screen, you know, same resolution screen, 4k, 27 inch screen from ViewSonic. Night and day, right? Put the two next to each other and you'll never want to look at the monoprice screen. And then you put the LG display or the iMac display or now the studio display from Apple next to either one of those. And it's like, okay, I want to look at that. Like it's, you know, so I think it's worth it for for people who care. You know, think what the, uh, you know, think what the audio is like. Dave, Dave, what speakers do you have? Do you, are you talking about those Sonos ones or do you have others that I don't remember? In in the studio, well, in the studio here, I have lots of different speakers. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I'm using my, I have these audio engine A5 pluses here. Oh, right. Okay. In the studio. So, but I'm just thinking, you know, add add the price of those. Correct. Cost of, of your LG monitor, you know, and I, I don't know what this sounds like, but it, it looks no, like it I, sounds amazing if you can say that. But that's the, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, like, I think yeah, the price fair. is yeah. fair, but targeting it at someone who has a studio, it's like, I don't need Apple's 12 megapixel camera. I've got three other cameras that all are better than that one, unless I want center stage. But as I said, even that I've already got, you know, I'm sure Apple speakers sound great, but I've already got all the speakers I need. Okay. Right. You know, so it's like, well, I I have no doubt that those features are worth the price that you're paying for them. But most people in a studio don't need those things in their monitor. That's kind of my argument here, but yeah, they've already built it. You've already got it. And you're going to use something different anyway. Like even if you're building from the ground up, you're, you're not going to go with that. That is, you know, that's for, I'm not exactly sure who it's for is is really the question, but it's fine. The LG display exists. You just buy that. You're good to go, you know, but if you want these features, well then buy and you know, it really. And this, as I, as we're having this conversation and the thoughts are, are crystallizing a little better, you know who this display is for Pete people who wanted a 27 inch iMac. Well, there's that. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and again, for like a retirement machine for me or, or one to process like drone video, that sort of thing. Yeah. That will be more than sufficient for the things that I want to do. Whereas you, my friend, are quite the audiophile. I wish I had your hearing. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but like, let's let's look at me down in the office, right? Yes, I have some speakers on my desk, but if I had decent speakers in my monitor, I would happily get rid of the, the audio engine A2s that I have on my desk just to free up space. So I could take one of these studio displays and plug it in. Wait a minute. I just sold myself on one of these studio displays. There you go. (laughs) No, here's the deal. I'm going to take that LG 5K screen that's downstairs and bring it up here into the studio. Plug it in to one of these, uh, you know, Mac studio things. So now I'm good to go. Have everything I need. And then I'll buy the studio display. Put that down in the office. It's got the speakers. Whether I'll use the camera or not remains to be seen. But now it's kind of got everything I want for a typical desktop machine, not a studio desktop machine, but a typical office desktop machine. And yes, I'm super spoiled to be able to even have this conversation. But like, that's it. Like, that's where those two screens belong for someone like me, because like my iMac that's sitting in front of me as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing it has speakers in it. Are they good? Honestly, I have no clue. I've never used them. You know, is the camera in it good? I can already tell you. No, it's terrible. Right. You know, and so I I don't use any of that. It's like the display is a display that happens to have a decent computer hanging off the back. How old is that? How old is that iMac? Well, it's it's almost three years old, Pete. It's 2019. Wow. Okay. Well, I was just because the comment you made to me, like the camera, I'm using my in in Uh, machine camera. 
they're just getting better and better. And you told me that the fidelity on it was amazing. Yeah, you look better than the rest of us here. It's amazing. Well, yeah. I look marvelous. You do. <laughs> it's better to look good than to feel good. Wow. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I think the 27-inch iMac is dead. To answer uh, Andrew Caddick's question in uh, in the chat room or on YouTube or whatever it came in, I, I do. I, I mean, I, I thought I asked wrong, you but that, but I'm going to... I'm going to say I think they're going to make a 27-inch eventually. So this is so a great— This is a stopgap, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, all the comparisons they were making were basically saying if you've got the 27-inch iMac Intel, this is your replacement machine. Now, to okay. be fair, to your point, it might be this is your replacement machine today. Right? Because it's never it's not going to be static. Right? Apple's offerings are going to constantly— evolve over time I, mean, I don't think they have plans to make that 27 inch iMac man what, what's the top end 27 inch iMac go for roughly just off the top of your head that's a great question Pete why don't we uh, why don't we uh, if you get look? the altar you're looking at a $5,600 yeah it's true <laughs> replacement and if you get the if you get the max you're still looking at a $3,600 replacement so um hey guys they don't sell them anymore. I'm not finding it on it, yeah, Apple's neither am I. website. All I'm seeing is 24 inch. Yeah. Uh, I think we answered. Dave, that you may have stumbled into the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, no. Uh, I bet if you look in the refurb store, you'll find. Well, there you go. Yeah, but well, that's, that's not. Reverb. But Intel. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm. 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 No, Dave, you have stumbled bass backwards into the truth, as they say. You know, <laughs> even a blind squirrel. Um, <laughs> No, they still have 27 inch uh, in the uh, in the refurb. Yeah, because because this this morning you could buy one new, and so they have to get rid of their stock. But the refurb store doesn't mean it's not discontinued. It just means they have stock of them. Yeah, there's no you cannot buy a 27 inch iMac anymore. All right, so there's there the answer. Go. That's yeah. it. You're right, Dave. That's I it. Stand corrected. That's it. All right. We should write to feedback at MacGeekGab. Dot com and tell us where they fell on that issue. Yeah. Did I hear you right? Did you say feedback at com? I heard you both, and I think you said feedback at com. And if somebody steps on my bunion, I'll shoot you both. Um, mm. I didn't know if I'd ever be able to work that, that quote into work. a show. <laughs> I, and I still don't know if yeah, I could. I, I, I don't think you did. I don't think I did. It no <laughs> wasn't quite as good as peak performance early. No, no, no. John definitely wins. <laughs> Yeah, that was much better. Hey, they made an, uh, a new iPhone SE, which looks a whole lot like the old iPhone SE, except it has an iPhone 13 parts inside it. That's interesting. And they fed it some uh, raw vegetables. Now it's green. The interesting part to me about this, and, and it, like, so we're going in our own order here, not Apple's order of the event. The iPhone mm. 13 uh, or the iPhone SE was the first of the new things that they announced. There were a couple of of things I noticed with that that then carried through. In fact, you know, found us where where we spent the last hour here, 47 minutes or whatever it is. But they said, let's talk about Apple Silicon. And then they went and talked about the iPhone SE, the iPad Air, and then the new M1 Ultra and on to the Mac Studio and all that stuff. But I thought it was really telling that Apple's story of Apple Silicon is not the max story of Apple Silicon, it is very much, here's all the things we make with Apple Silicon, which is, you know, mm. pretty much everything now. I, I, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, and when they started talking about the iPhone SE, the comparison product was iPhone 8. So that's the market of people that they are looking at and saying, this, it's time for you to upgrade. Just like the Mac Studio is, it's time for you 27-inch iMac people to upgrade. The iPhone SE, it's time for you to, to upgrade if you have an iPhone 8. Yeah. 26 times faster. So, so you know, Dave, right. I got to say, I'm very compelled. So right now I have an iPhone 12 mini, as do you, I think. I have a 13 so, mini. Oh, 13. Okay. Of course. Oh, wait, do I have a 13 or a 12? I can't no, tell you. It was a 12. I'm pretty sure it was a 12. I think, I think but anyways, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think Here's right. the thing that excited me. Um, in this day and age, Dave, of masking and stuff like that, I hate Face ID. I really hate it. And this model has Touch ID. Now, number one, why can't Apple put both 
in a device? I don't understand. Because that you way they make you buy a watch. ID. So like my, my iPad Air has Touch ID. My iPhone is Face ID. And my MacBook Pro is Touch ID. It's like, it, it's chaos. Yeah. So you need you need to sign up either for the developer or uh, uh, public beta of iOS 15.4. Because yeah, I know they, they yeah, it's, they, it, they, it, uh, change, it changes the game because with a mask, it doesn't matter. You can unlock your phone. You can Apple pay. You can do all the things that face ID lets you do. Doesn't matter whether you have a mask on or not. So like that problem goes away. Uh, I think. I don't think e- even if that were not the case, uh, but it is the case. Mm-hmm. If it were not the case, I don't think you'd be happy going from the 5.4 inch glass screen of your 12 or 13 mini down to the 4.7 inch glass screen of the iPhone SE. I think you would feel like you just got shortchanged on what you can do on that device. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I think it'd be a tough transition. You could do it. We humans are, are remarkably flexible when we force ourselves to be right. But, but I mean, I went from the eight to the 12 yeah. and I accepted it because I think the screen was pretty much the same size. I think it's, it's, it was, smaller. it was bigger. The screen on the 12 mini was bigger than the eight. Ah, yeah, right. No. Yeah. They, they, they got rid of some of the black space or whatever. Yeah. So, so they, they took advantage of the full display. Correct. Right? Correct. So. Uh, going back I don't, I, I think it would be a difficult step, but, but go get that 15.4 beta. Like I forget that I'm running betas. It's been super stable for, for me here. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I got to learn how to do that. I haven't been doing any of the betas, but I mean, the other thing is dude, the price point, I mean, 429 yeah. starting though. I'm yeah. sure you pay more if you want more Ram. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. But oh, that's, that's- very compelling. I think that's going to bring a lot more people into the uh, the iPhone space. I I hundred percent agree. Yeah, because I mean, pretty much these days, getting a modern iPhone, you're talking a thousand bucks. Yep. Now, how you pay for it, it it depends on your relationship with. But well, you are going to pay for it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're paying either way. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thing. All right, so uh, the new iPad Air. Uh, you know, that didn't it really jump at me. Oh, the one thing that jumped at me with the iPad Air is that it's got an M1 chip in it now. That's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what else did forever. they say? Um, 5G? I don't know if Correct. they had 5G. My my uh, my iPad Air does not have 5G. There you go. Yep. Even though there's a 5G chip in it. If I put it on my phone, then it's like, oh, yeah, you're 5G. So so that's nice. And then, you know. What, what do you mean? A fi- wait, wait. It, no, the iPad, the, the OG iPad Air does not have a, a 5G chip in it. Right? Uh, I'm, I'm saying the iPad Air that I have does not have. No, it does, has cellular, but it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't enable 5G. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, it doesn't have a 5G radio in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the new one does. One does. Yeah. So that's nice. And then, of course, yeah, it's faster. and It's got also, that center yeah, stage I, camera. I, I noticed also they're like, oh, and this, by the way, also has a 12 megapixel camera, which I think is something new for the iPad Air, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good upgrade. I mean, it's not remarkable, but it's, you know, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything more on the uh, on the iPad Air before we jump on? I, I, I was impressed with the um you know the the little bit where they talked about apple tv plus two things jumped out at me number one was that mm-hmm. they cut that deal for friday night baseball like mm-hmm. th- that is a huge deal if that's a huge deal to you right like you that will bring subscribers in guaranteed uh if they could cut a similar deal with the nfl and i i guarantee you they are trying uh uh, you know, I, I think Steve Jobs, when Steve Jobs passed after I got over the fact that, you know, the poor guy's family didn't ha- get to have him around anymore. And, and then so sort of the rest of us, once I sort of processed through all of that, one thought came to mind. And it was that we lo- we just lost the guy that was going to negotiate the NFL online. Uh, and and to this day, it still hasn't happened. Actually, that's not true. Yeah. If you don't live in the U.S., if you don't live in the U.S., it's happened. You can oh, watch yeah. NFL games online, no problem, if you live in the right. UK. 
Right. And then, well, and next next year, Thursday night football is going to Amazon. It's going from Twitter to Amazon or whatever it was to Amazon. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All, all you won't be able to watch them on television, on broadcast television. Oh, you have to go to Amazon. That I didn't realize. Yes. Interesting. Amazon got exclusivity on Thursday. Thir- pretty yeah. sure it's Thursday night. And they sense. got Al Michaels. And, and, and yeah. And Do you I believe think, in miracles? Wow. Yeah, right. And the rumor and the rumor is they've got uh, Troy Aikman to go with Al Michaels. That would make sense. Those guys are a yeah. pair. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm sure they're working on on NFL as everyone yeah. would so be. Apple. Yeah. I mean, for five bucks, six bucks a month, whatever it is, the yeah. is it four ninety nine. Yeah. I mean, they'll have justifiable reason to raise it a little bit. But, yeah. Oh my god. But no, that know. Friday night baseball where it's two games exclusive. If baseball matters to you, you will sign up for Apple TV Plus without even batting an eye. Uh, and then, you know, just as they were going through all of the stuff, it was like, you know, look at all of the things that all the movies that Apple created, the Apple originals that had Academy Award noms. And it's like, that's a lot of that's a really interesting twist in the world here that, you know, Apple is a a world class movie studio which is just amazing yeah. I, you know like i, I mean I, I it's not that i didn't know this coming into the event today but just seeing it sort of put that way put it in front of me i was like wow that's that's fascinating wow and yeah and they were smart enough not to hire john ham yeah that's right although i am looking <laughs> forward I, 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 i'm a huge fletch fan so i'm very much looking yeah. forward to john ham's fletch yeah. movie although yeah. The reason I'm a huge Fletch fan is because of Chevy Chase. So maybe right. John Hamm will ruin it, but I don't think he. I don't think he would. But it, it's My car just hit a water buffalo. But it measures <laughs> the tension tell? between. So I have multiple services. I have Apple TV, yeah. and you know I got a free trial, and then they wrote me in, and I'm not going to cancel it yet. And they've had some compelling stuff, but the thing is, most of the stuff is original content, whereas all, Netflix, all of it is. Other than the Netflix, on the other hand, like I just started watching this one. It's kind of a disturbing show. The OA, um, check it out if you haven't already. But I'm binging on that right now. But they have huge amounts of archive content, which I really like. Sure. Um, But I I like both. But Apple, uh, I think, has proven that if you do... um, uh, And actually, Netflix has done more original programming as of late, but they also have this archive of legacy stuff that you know we like to you know back back to the old days where you know star trek or or stuff like that yeah. but um but yeah that was uh, at first when he was talking about this i'm like eh, you know that's kind of interesting but it's like no you know actually it's 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 very interesting that they've made progress in this service i don't think that i think netflix is still the biggest um as far as membership yeah, that, that I don't have that. I don't know that data, but I would uh, that wouldn't surprise me if that's true. I mean, the they, other one I'm on the fence about is uh, Paramount Plus because they got Picard, and yeah. I love Star Trek. Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> like, that, like not I, another service. I do that with CBS All Access when <laughs> when there's a new season of Discovery. I sign up for CBS All Access. I watch it and then I turn it off. That's the end of that. So, yeah, because I mean, by the time you pay for Amazon Prime and Apple TV and Netflix and blah, 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 the next thing you know, your cable bill is looking pretty t- attractive. I'm yeah, that's true. Cable. Yeah. Can I, Comcast, can I come back, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Here's, a, here's a trick. Um, you can watch certain things. So Amazon acquired IMDb. You can watch certain things like, as I found, X-Files or at least certain seasons or no, I'm sorry. Um fringe okay you can watch certain things free via amazon prime if you know where to look yep uh, yeah 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 no it's an it's an interesting thing it's it's Which a, actually brings me to an apple tv thing i well, was looking yesterday for a 1950 movie called broken arrow with jimmy stewart and i went on the apple tv and i hit siri and said broken arrow and she went right to plex and found it plex wow. movies like yeah oh. apple tv knows where to go Siri it and looks Pl- through Plex yeah. has in a, I didn't think Plex had visibility into maybe it's into Siri, but not into the Apple TV app. Right. Like, I don't think, you know, like in the Apple TV yeah. app, you can have your your up next or watch next queue yeah, right. and that'll go and like spider out into, you know, your other apps, not Netflix, but, you know, other apps because they can see. 
I didn't think I, I'm pretty sure Plex does not have a, a pipe there, but uh, but it wouldn't. Yeah, I guess Siri is is different. That's okay. I got to try that. All right. Yeah, it was really cool. I thought, yeah. well, you know, I, I was looking for it. I, fa- I found it on Amazon and they wanted money. Yeah, so, of course. Right. So I said, hey, now it's Siri, find Broken Arrow. And she opened up Plex. Interesting. It now, yeah, it's so. funny because also, um, so I don't know if you guys are uh, Walking Dead fans, but um, Apple actually has ads saying you can ask Siri. I'm sorry. I was going to say yes, lady, but I said Siri. Sorry. <laughs> now, that doesn't cause a problem because you didn't say the word hey in front of it, John. Ah, okay. But yeah. the thing is, you can ask Siri. Um, and they advertise this during the show. It's like you can ask Siri to show you the latest episode of Walking Dead. And I'm sure any other show that you have access to, though, though I'm with you, Pete. I mean, that's impressive that it's smart enough to know where the content is to, to lead you to it. Yeah. Especially for an old movie. And who was it? Jimmy Stewart, did you say? Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Stewart and Deborah Padgett, who is still alive. Is she really? IMDb. No kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the event. Let us know what you folks thought. There was one thing I noticed in this as we were uh, starting out, because I go and get screenshots from the event. So I have it on my Apple TV, and then I also have it uh, on my computer in a web browser. And in the lower right, for the first time, at least for me, I noticed a little link that said, watch this event in ASL. And so I clicked it. And sure enough, they had uh, a, the feed I saw, and I'm presuming everybody got the same feed. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a woman at the time I was watching. It was a woman, you know, signing the whole event. It, they just the the it, they oh, put nice. her off to the right of it, and and you know had the the event in the middle. It was the interesting part was I cut over to it while they were doing their montage of all the Apple TV highlights, and I happened to cut right while they were in a highlight of Coda. And I'm like, this woman's not doing anything. That's interesting. I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're, I'm reading on the screen because the people in the movie are signing. Got it. Yes. If, I, if I wait 10 seconds, I will see her sign something. And sure enough, she did. But it was like, yeah. well, this is weird. Why? I know why. <laughs> My other observation, Dave, speaking of women, is nearly all of the presenters, and especially when they had the developer highlight, were all female. That's right. Yeah. I, um, I, I think it's which good. To me, is is it's yeah encouraging. Yeah, there's a you know I've had this conversation with uh, some friends who are female engineers, mm. and the uh, one of them and and I won't share their name here, although I probably could. But one of them was telling me, you know, she she obviously you know feels very strongly about this and and opening up opportunities for women in STEM and. Then, you know, so she she was it was a mission of hers to, to really make sure that, you know, this could happen. But that's great. Amazing. And then she told me, she's like, yeah, I, you know, I kind of had to back off a little bit because there's not on, on back off on complaining about companies not hiring as many women engineers. And she said they're not there to be hired. And this was years ago before, mm. you know, COVID and we had the, the labor shortage, uh, which I'm sure has has only exacerbated this. And the issue is, right, it's a chicken and egg thing. You know, you are, as a human, you are more likely to follow a path if you see someone that looks like you who has successfully completed that path, right? Unless you just have the mindset of a trailblazer that says, well, no one that looks like me has done that. I'm going to make it happen, which is amazing. And I, I obviously commend people who do that. But it's good for us as a society to have wi- young women, girls able to see successful women out there as engineers, because then it just normalizes it. And it's not like I need to be the one to blaze a trail. I, I can just follow a trail and, and I can do what she did because she did it. So I can do it. No problem. And so for that reason, I was very glad to see that they yeah. highlighted female engineers. It was like it was very inspiring. Yeah, exactly. It's like, great. Let's let's normalize this. Even though it's it's not the norm, right? I mean, in in that, I'm I'm certain the majority of engineers employed these days are are, are you know identify as male, but 
showing women engineers, it just creates that path. And it's like, great. Yep. Well, so, especially in, good. I mean, they were all managers or directors or stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. You can climb the ladder. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the glass ceiling is, uh, it's probably still there, but. Probably. Yeah. Not I'm, as much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, sh- I'm sure you're right. <laughs> yeah. Which is, it's, you know. Yeah. You're right. Well, I mean, but Pete, by how choice. about you I mean, personally, aviation, Pete? Right? You know? Yeah. How many, aviation, I was going to yeah. say, Pete, how many. Yeah. I mean, what percentage of aviators are female? Or uh, I know my company, it's 7%. Okay. Ew. Which is Interesting. well below the norm. Um, I know that where my daughter is going to school to be a pilot, it's uh, 18% female. Okay. Uh, and that's that's university-wide, not just pilots. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dynamic engineering and meteorology, that kind that's of great. stuff. That's great. But, man, they're smart kids. I mean, those kids are putting, I can, literally I putting lo- payloads on the space station. That's, that's awesome. I love that. That's so cool. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We will be back, of course, on Monday with uh, with Mac Geek Geb 919, another palindromic episode. We love those. Uh, we will be recording that Friday morning. If you want to join, you can go to MacGeekGeb.com slash calendar and subscribe to our calendar. That way you get to uh, you get to know when we're recording because that's the same calendar that uh, that we use here. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Thank you for your time. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Of course, you can visit imazing.com and use coupon code MGG30, MGG30. You can check out our other sponsors and other coupon codes at MacKeyCab.com slash sponsors. And have a great week. Have a great day. Enjoy yourselves. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. Um, Take care of your shoes. John, I, I feel like I'm missing something. Um, I don't think so. I, I think I'm going to hand it over to Pete. Pete, what what do you what can you tell us? Shoes. You got it with shoes. Except, oh, don't get caught. Made up. That was it. I knew I was missing something. <laughs>